Our next six-table story is called His Legacy. It was rewritten by James D. Fisher with substantial variations on a folktale from Kashmir. The readers are Bruce Peterson as Josh, Gary Mitchell as Al, Jim Fisher as narrator. Here is his legacy. Well, as your attorney, Al, I couldn't, well, I wouldn't uh, suggest anything unethical. Of course not, Josh. I'm going crazy. They're savages, eating me alive. I have this old case. Oh, some old court case of yours. More legalities? (laughs) I don't think... Not legality, exactly. Hear me out. We can find a way out of this. The old man remembered that three years ago the attorney had been opposed, but the old man had thought he was dying and wanted to avoid complications. He loved his sons and thought they deserved all he had. So he had the attorney draw up the papers to divide his property between them. He consulted the sons, sought their desires. The elder son, Morton, said the restaurant business fit him best, and Elliot thought the auto dealership would work with his talents. The businesses had represented a living legacy of the old man's life work, and he was proud of them. People from around the area had relied on the quality of the food and service at Al's place, and his auto business was known for honest dealing on family vehicles. The papers were signed, the sons took over the businesses, and the old man kept a little home he'd built to retire in when his wife was still alive. He intended to die there, but he didn't. His health bounced back. He had a difficult time living off his government pension, especially when his sons refused to help him over the financial hurdles. Then they ruined the businesses, Morton tried to turn the restaurant into a nightclub, financing the changeover by scrimping on staff and buying low-quality foods. Elliot decided to sell only foreign models, but the expensive cars he chose didn't fit the local market at all. The old man tried to advise his sons, but they roughly told him to stay out of their business. They sold out his life's work at a fraction of value. Broken-hearted and nearly poor, He had come to consult with the attorney who swiveled around to the bookcase behind him and retrieved a battered leather bookcase. So, Josh, what's this old case you're talking about, and how can it help me? My father gave me this when I passed the bar, and as you can see, it has served me well for many years. The lock is still secure, and it's a fine piece of craftsmanship. Yes, it's beautiful leather. I can see why you treasure it. I want to give it to you. But my life, my sons, I... I My practice generates tons of paperwork, most of it waiting to be shredded and tossed out. I'm going to select a three-inch stack of old documents, good heavy ones, put them in this case, and wait now. Your sons, they don't see you often, I know. Uh, But would they accept an invitation to a nice dinner? Oh, they never turned down anything free. So, I'll stop by during the dinner and give you this, this old case. And we'll whisper conversation. Oh, wait, this will work, you'll see. No, just hear me out. Uh, But don't quote me. Ethics, after all. The sons, having nearly finished all the old man's scotch, observed the briefcase exchange with great curiosity, especially after seeing how elated their father was after the attorney left. He nearly danced the briefcase around the room, then settled into his easy chair. 
He told him he'd never again come begging money from his sons. Morton moved toward the briefcase and said it was great the old man wouldn't need money because, after all, what with the little his businesses were actually worth, the sons were barely able to get by on their own. Elliot, staring at the leather bag, asked what was so special about it. The old man, without actually quoting the attorney, spun them a story about how the briefcase had been misplaced years ago in the law office and that only yesterday had anyone noticed it and bothered to check the contents. The bag had some stocks belonging to the old man, quite a stack, as it turned out, he told them. And though the stocks were old, quite a few of them were in some very sound old-line companies and had grown to be very valuable. The sons spoke at nearly the same time, asking just what the value might be. Boys, now there could be a treasurer's worth of paper in this old bag. I'm set for life. And when I'm gone, well, I'll have to draw up a new will, I guess, one of these days. The change in the old man's life was remarkable. Within a very short time, he was invited to stay for as long as he wanted with one son and then the other. He enjoyed getting to know their families, especially the grandchildren. They were wonderful. During his visits, he would occasionally, stealthily, but so the sons would notice, shuffle the papers in that briefcase. He asked his sons if they could provide him with a little office space in their homes, and they agreed quickly. He told them he wanted to pursue a little writing project. They laughed at him behind his back, but pretended to encourage his hobby. For a while, the old man thought that on the backs of the trash papers, he'd leave some lengthy, angry letters to his sons, upbraiding them for their wicked treatment of him. Eventually, though, he turned to writing down some of the old stories he'd been told by his parents and their dear friends about olden times and far-off places. He thought someday, when the case was opened, his grandchildren might enjoy his legacy.